In this episode, we are going to talk about how Warren Buffett looks at gold and other non-productive assets. By the title of the episode itself, you must have figured that out already. But let's see his reasons for why he thinks that these are not great investment options. We spoke about the other one, which was currency-based investments, in the previous episode. And if you haven't yet listened to it, you may check that out. You have already understood the right way to look at investing. Investing is nothing but giving up purchasing power today to gain more purchasing power in the future after adjusting for taxes and inflation. In this particular episode, we will talk about non-productive assets like precious metals in general and gold in specific. All right, let's see what Warren Buffett has to say on this. The second major category of investments involves assets that will never produce anything. But still, you will see buyers willing to purchase this in the hope that someone else will pay more for them in the future. This someone else is also acutely aware that this asset will always be unproductive. You may be surprised to know that in the 17th century, one such unproductive object that had caught buyers' attention was tulips. Yeah, of all things, something like tulips had created a massive bubble that burst later on and ruined financial lives of many speculators in the process. The thing is, keep in mind that this type of investment requires an expanding pool of buyers. Initial buyers feel enticed because they believe that they will find new buyers in the future. They also think that these new buyers will be willing to pay even higher than what they paid in the beginning. Basically, everyone is thinking that the buying pool will keep on expanding more and more. The owners don't really care about what the underlying asset will produce but believe that others will desire that asset even more avidly in the future. The major asset in this category is gold. Currently, it is investors one of the most favorite asset classes, particularly when they feel fearful about almost all other assets. However, gold has two significant shortcomings. Gold is neither of much use nor is it procreative. Gold indeed has some industrial and decorative utility, but the demand for that is limited. Moreover, the new demand is also incapable of soaking up new production. Meanwhile, if you own one ounce of gold for an eternity, you will still own only one ounce of gold at the end of that eternity. However, what motivates most gold buyers is their belief that the number of fearful people will grow in the future. Also, the rising gold prices generate more buying enthusiasm and attract more buyers. These buyers see the rising price as a proof that their investment thesis was correct all along, and in a way, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now let's try to see gold from the lens of what it can produce. Today, the world's gold stock is about 170,000 metric tons. Now let's imagine that we melt this world's entire gold. It will form a cube of about 68 feet per side, which will comfortably fit within a baseball infield. Now, at a current gold price, which was around $1,750 per ounce in 2011 when Warren Buffett wrote this letter, the gold cube would have valued around $9.6 trillion. Now, let's say you have an equal amount that is $9.6 trillion that you can invest anywhere you want. You may be surprised that in this amount, you could buy the entire cropland of the US, which spans over 400 million acres and has an output of about $200 billion per year. But that won't exhaust the full $9.6 trillion you have. You still would be left with enough money that will allow you to buy more than 16 ExxonMobil company, 
which stood as the world's most profitable company in 2011. Even after these massive purchases, you would still be left with about $1 trillion. Now think, if a sensible investor like you has $9.6 trillion to invest, would he ever select gold cube over all these investments? He would never do that. He would never select a pile of unproductive gold over a pile of all-American cropland and 16 ExxonMobils and the remaining $1 trillion. Because a century from now, the 400 million acres of farmland will have produced staggering amounts of corn, wheat, cotton and many other crops. ExxonMobil also will probably have delivered trillions of dollars in dividends to all its owners and will also hold assets worth many more trillions. And remember, you bought 16 ExxonMobils, not just one. Meanwhile, that 170,000 tons of gold that we created in the beginning will not change in size and will still be incapable of producing anything. You can fondle that cube, but it will not respond. It is true and I do admit that people will feel fearful even a century from now and it is likely that many will still rush to gold. And hence, that pile of gold that we valued at $9.6 trillion, though unproductive, will compound in price over a period of time. However, I am confident that the compounding rate for the gold cube will be far inferior to that achieved by your investments in the US cropland and ExxonMobils. In conclusion, an investor will always be far better off not investing in gold or for that matter any other unproductive assets. You will do far better investing in the third category which is investing in productive assets. We will talk about that in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. Last but not the least, thank you very much for listening to the Decoding the Legends. If you enjoyed this podcast and found it useful, please consider leaving a rating and short review on Apple Podcasts or any other medium that you are currently using. It will take less than 60 seconds but it will enable me to connect with more amazing people like you. And it will also help us to convince the valuable guest to appear on our podcast and I'll be able to deliver more quality content to you guys in the future. With that, thank you very much for being here and see you soon in the next episode.